my message is on how everyone should show up for the annual business meeting. No. <laughs> no. Not quite. No. Um, the work of the Lord. I want to talk about the work of the Lord. Now, I told you last Sunday that we would be talking about prayer because at that time we were going to have a prayer service tonight, worship and prayer, but that's all changed. So, um, so I've also adjusted the message. But we're going to talk about the work of the Lord. Anybody in here involved in the work of the Lord? Amen. 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 Is it a burden? Is it a joy? Is it a challenge? Is it stretching? Is it rewarding? Is it mysterious sometimes? <laughs> okay. The work of the Lord. <laughs> I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's going to be our text. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56. Now, it's been a, uh, a passage dealing with the resurrection. Starting with verse 56. The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. Okay, there's a lot there. We're not going to spend much time on that. But basically, death is the result of sin. And the law gives sin its power to condemn us. Okay? So the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does he give us the victory over? Sin and death. He gives us the victory over sin and death, which are huge things. And because we have this victory over the, I mean, the, the most final things in life, because through Jesus we have victory in, over that already through his death and resurrection, he says, therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. We already have this victory over sin and death through Jesus. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Father, we ask your blessing on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, my points are basically different segments of this verse. So we're just going to go through the verse a chunk at a time. And the first one is, my dear brothers. It's been talking about giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Paul isn't writing to the pastors and he isn't writing to the church leaders. He's just writing to the church. He's writing to, uh, this isn't Corinth, and he's writing to all of the believers there. And he says, my brothers. They're family. You know, this, this work of the Lord, we want to be careful to not make it so individualistic. We're a family. Amen? We're a family. Brothers and sisters. Is that right? Now, there's a saying that is not scriptural, but it says, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Or I've heard it said, but you're stuck with your family. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Yes, we're friends. But we are brothers and sisters. 
It's not healthy to pick which brother or sister you're going to like. It causes problems. It's not healthy to pick which brother or sister. Therefore, my dear brothers, together. Point two. Stand firm. Stand firm. To everybody in here, stand firm. The Greek word there means firm, immovable, steadfast. I looked this up in the Message Bible, which is, it's a paraphrase. They've just, they've taken a Bible and then they put it into some really modern or even a little further out there than I, it's like it, it talks in, 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 uh, yeah, I don't want to say the word slang. That was coming to mind, but I don't want to use that word. But anyway, it's like it talks in sayings of what people would say today. Okay, So, the Message Bible says this. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. My dear brothers, stand firm. Stand your ground. Uh, I want to go to Ephesians 6 where it talks about standing quite a bit. And we're just going to look at a few verses there. Uh, chapter 6 verse 11 put on the full armor of God so that you can what take your stand you can take your stand against the devil's schemes the devil has schemes he has plans the Bible says he has snares he has traps the Bible says that he takes believers captive to do his will believers get taken captive to do his will okay so the scriptures tell us take your stand against the devil's schemes what kind of things does he want to stir up strife anger unforgiveness bitterness you know he just works in all those realms doubt jealousy unbelief Take your stand against the devil's schemes. Dropping down just a couple of verses. It says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that, that if the day of evil ever comes, you may be able... Oh, wait. So that when the day of evil comes, isn't that encouraging? For every believer, it's not if the day of evil comes. It is when it comes. Hallelujah. Can I hear a hallelujah on that one? Okay. <laughs> it's life. Yet we're told that we walk in victory in this life. Okay, but victory isn't because there aren't challenges. Victory is because we stand. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, what are you still doing? Standing. You're still standing. And then we go to verse 14. Stand firm then. Stand firm. I was trying to think of an illustration and uh, this came to mind. I don't know if it's the best one. Be like a moose. Be like a moose. 
All right? I didn't say look like a moose. I said be like a moose. They know how to stand their ground. You you ever been in contact with a moose when it's somewhere it shouldn't be? How much of a hurry is it to get out of the way? It doesn't really matter if it's a tricycle coming towards it or a train. It really doesn't seem to matter. I was leaving here the other night at dark. I think it was, uh, it was Friday night. A moose walking down the road, right down the middle of the road, showing me it's behind all the way, okay? It heard me coming. It saw the headlights. Do you know what it did? Nothing. It kept going When the devil comes at you with stuff, what are we supposed to do? Plop. <laughs> Just stand. Stand. Not in our own strength. Not in our own strength, but in the Lord's strength. My brothers, my dear brothers, stand firm. When I was like middle school age, we used to go to my friend's house and we had bicycles. They were pretty much junk bicycles because of the way we treated them. But we would build ramps and stuff, you know, find doors and barrels and build these ramps. And this was, you know, they make bikes now that are for that. This was before they were ever for that, okay? And uh, I re- there was a bunch of us in the yard, and we were taking off down this sidewalk and making jumps and stuff. And there was another guy there that he was a lot older than us. I mean, I don't know, maybe he was even out of high school at that time, but he was huge. Del Schwager was his name. He was six-something. I don't know what it was, but he was very tall, very big, just this big guy. And uh, so I'm tearing around with these other kids, and, and I don't know if I missed the ramp. I don't know what happened, but I lost control, and I see who I'm heading towards. Here's Dell just standing there. He doesn't see me coming. And I have totally lost control. And I slammed right into him with my bicycle. And I fell over. And I remember him just going like this. <laughs> Didn't budge him a bit. And I was even more impressed of Dell Schwager after that. Okay, He was a big guy. And he didn't hurt me. He just kind of like... Yeah, anyway. But... He stood. We have the devil sending stuff at us all the time. And this is not a doom and gloom message, but we live in a, we're not in heaven yet. Okay, we're just not in heaven yet. And he has these traps that he tries to set and these things that he tries to discourage us with. And God says, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. Now, did he say we have to understand everything and know everything? No, because sometimes we don't understand everything and sometimes we don't know everything. But he said, stand. Then he talks about this armor that we put on that he gives us. It's not our own armor. And that's a whole other message. But the point is, my dear brothers, when it comes to the work of the Lord, my dear brothers, stand firm. Stand firm. And then, clarifying it even more, The next part of the verse says, let nothing move you. Wow. Let nothing move you. Greek definition, not to be moved from its place. Unmoved, 
firmly persistent. Let nothing move you. So these things come, and we're standing in the will of God. We're standing in His Word. We're standing in relationship with Him. And things come, and they try to beat that, and they try to you know, drive you back. Let nothing move you. I tried, no, I, I actually succeeded, but in Juneau, we, we put a yard. We, there was just trees in the back of our house when we, when we bought our house. But I was going to put a yard in. And so we got all the trees cleared, but we lived in the valley, which is basically the glacier used to run all the way down to the ocean. You know, it's receded now. The Mendenhall Glacier is receded. But what does it always leave behind? Lots of rocks. So I'm going to build a fence around our backyard. It's about 30 by 60. No, excuse me, 30 by 90. About 30 by 90. And I have more time than money, so I got this power machine that you go on the ground like this and open it, and then you go like that. <coughs> Post hole digger, yeah, that's what I had. You know, 35 bucks, I could do that. And uh, I'm out there every eight foot. I'm going to put a post hole because I'm going to have a nice strong fence. Rocks. I dug those holes with a post hole digger and a screwdriver (laughs) and a big metal bar. And they're only supposed to be about yay big around for a post. You know, some of them got quite large. Because <laughs> you would get rocks, and I'm down there picking rocks out. And you knew you were deep enough when water started filling the hole, because the water table's pretty high in Juneau. <clears throat> so, I'm doing pretty good. Nothing has stopped me. I've gone 90 feet this direction, 30 feet this direction, partway back this direction, and I go, clunk, clunk. So I start digging, you know, a little bigger. And the more I dig, the more rock I find. I never found an edge. I don't know how big this rock was. But in my mind, it was immovable, okay? That's the only place that the fence had to move. I said, I, I, this isn't going to work, so I had to make it like 10 feet or whatever between that. I had to do something totally different. That rock was not going to move, you know, unless you brought a backhoe in, but that's a little ridiculous. The point is, don't let anything move you. Hey, if you're in the right place, if you're in the will of God, you're walking with Him, and now challenges are coming, you're trying to believe him for something and challenges are coming. Don't move. You're in the right place. And when I wanted to grow in the Lord, you know, you can have a great desire to grow in the Lord, but what will come along with that? Resistance. Resistance will come along with that. Because the enemy doesn't want us to grow. The enemy does not want us to know Jesus in a greater way. The enemy does not want us to to be able to trust Jesus with all of our hearts. So he'll challenge us and try to get us to just say, you know, okay, I'm just going to step back where I was because it wasn't so rough right there. But Paul says, my dear brethren, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Now let me ask you right now. 
Is there something that's trying to move you from being in the will of God right now? Is there something that's trying to move you from growing in your relationship and in your fellowship with Jesus? There probably is. And the Lord would say, don't let it move you. Don't let it move you. Well, pastor, if you had any idea what it was, you wouldn't be given this flipping little message. No, God knows. God knows. And he says it to everybody. He's the one that helps you overcome. Hang in there. Hang in there. Would you like to know how many times I've thought about quitting ministry? I haven't really kept count. Well, pastor, ministry is easy. Maybe for some. But I know what God's will is. I've seen people quit ministry. I mean, everybody's a minister, okay? But I've seen people quit full-time ministry because of discouragement and so on. And, I, you know, I've seen that. But it's kind of like, oh, you know, God had something for them. And maybe, you know, maybe they needed to have a few more people around them to help them. You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to do it alone, whatever. But church, God has good things for us. He has good things for us. He has good things for our families. Okay? Relationally, he has good things for us. But the enemy will try to stop us. And, and God doesn't say, mow over the top of the enemy, show him who's boss. You know what he says? He says, stand. Stand. Another passage says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But that's that standing, that resisting. So, let nothing move you. God will help us. He will help us. <clears throat> Doubt and unbelief, if that's harassing you, stand. Stand. You'll overcome. We learn more and more to trust the Lord. We learn, we learn more and more to not go by our feelings. Our feelings, I love them when they're great. I don't like them so much when they're not. But we don't go by our feelings. And God will complete what he's begun in us. He will. He will. Next part of the verse. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Now this is just to the church. You know what I'm saying? This is not to a few special people. In God's eyes, everyone is very special. In God's eyes, everyone has a very special path. It's the work of the Lord. It's the work of the Lord. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. The New King James says, always abounding. In the work of the Lord. Abound means to have in excess, greatly sur sur surpass, to excel. Give yourselves. The message says it this way. Throw yourselves into the work of the master. 
throw yourself into it. Now, um, I like food. I do. Food is not a necessity. Food is just pure pleasure. I love food. And the first thing I thought of when I was thinking about this illustration was Pastor Zach. He loves food. He does. He loves food. You know, I mean, it's like his taste buds are even more, I mean, I can taste food, but he can pick stuff out, you know. I just either say it's good or bad, you know, but it's just food. He's good. He, he can pick stuff out. Lori and I, where should we go to eat? I don't know. Let's go ask Pastor Zach and Bethany. They know where all the restaurants are. I mean, we just kind of go to the same old, same old all the time. It's like, let's do something different. Well, have you tried this one? Name I have never heard of. I like food. How many of you like food? Yeah, I like food. Jesus, I like this verse. He was talking about food, but he used it in a little different way than we're used to seeing. He's talking with his disciples and he said, you know what my food is? Do you, do you know what it is that just gives me nourishment? Do you, know, do you know what it is that causes me just to keep on going through the day? Do you know what my food is? It's to do the will of him who sent me. That's my food. And to finish his work. Now, when I saw the word food, man, I tell you what, that's just huge to me. That's huge. And Jesus said, that's my food. To do the will of him who sent me. How many of you would say, God's got a will for my life? He's got a will for your life. Yeah. How many of you would say, I want to finish it? Yeah. It's our food to stay in his will. Don't go on a diet. Now, some of you are taking that out of context already, okay? <laughs> I leave that between you and Jesus. <laughs> Don't go on a diet. Eat heartily when it comes to doing the will of the Lord. Let it be your food. Let it be your food. A couple other verses that Jesus had, or things he said, we call them verses. He told his disciples, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. As long as we can keep doing this, we need to keep doing it. And he said, night is coming when no one can work. There's, there's a point when you can't work anymore. You know, bud, reach that point. It's done. There's no more he's going to do here. But every one of us that remains, Jesus said, it's still day. Keep doing that thing while you can. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever he's called you to be, just continue walking in it. And he didn't mean for it to be this burden that weighs us down. God's will for your life is not something that's going to destroy you. Okay, God's will for your life is something that's going to build you up and make your life full. Will it be scary at times? Has been for me. But let's work while it's day. Life is not that long. You know, it's not that long. And uh, 
Well, let's look at the next one. Jesus was praying. He was praying to his Father. And he said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And, and that's what I want for everybody here. As we, as we walk through life, you know, one day we will stand before the Lord. But just to hear him say, you did what I wanted you to do. Isn't, wouldn't that be awesome to hear? You know what I'm saying? Some will accomplish great and mighty things. And some will accomplish smaller things. God's the one who gives out the talents and the abilities and what people, you know, what he's put in them. That's all in God's hands. But whatever he's given us, whatever it is, if we just continue to use that in his kingdom, I just, you know, I want to hear him say, well done. Now, it won't be because I was so strong. It'll be well done because, God, you helped me every step of the way. <laughs> okay? I found out what I can accomplish on my own. You know, I start feeling like I'm really good at something, and then God kind of steps out of it for a while. Yeah, it doesn't take me long to understand, okay, God, <laughs> it was you. I need you. Please help me. And I will try to give you the praise this time. <sighs> the work of the Lord. Let's talk about that for a moment. What is the work of the Lord? Let's look at this in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved. It's the favor of God through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. Not by works. Don't ever think you can earn it. Don't ever think you can be good enough for it. It is the grace and favor of God. It's not by works. So that no one can boast. You achieved this. No, nobody can boast. Now it starts talking about work. First he says, it's not works. You, can, you need to understand it's not works. And now he turns around and says, but you got to work. It's not works, but you got to work. For we are... God's workmanship. We are God's workmanship. We, he is working in us. He is molding us. He is shaping us. He is leading us. He is enabling us. What we do is we cooperate. Okay? If you think you've got like some good suggestions for God, go ahead, give him some good suggestions. But I, I think he's got it pretty well figured out. So we cooperate with him. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ Jesus? You're in Christ Jesus. Okay? So we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For what? Good works. Good works. Can't use them to get to heaven. But you can use them to bless your Father. Good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's a work for us. There is. <clears throat> and I think that we can make all of our work kingdom work. Whatever job you have, I think it could be kingdom work. Okay? Uh, whatever hobby you have, I think it could become kingdom work. God can be blessed in it. God can be glorified in it. Martin Luther said this. I, I needed to read this to you. Oh, 
You don't get to read it, sorry. <clears throat> went ahead of myself. Martin Luther was approached by a working man who wanted to know how he could serve God. Luther asked him, what is your work now? The man said, I am a shoemaker. Much to the cobbler's surprise, Luther replied, then make good shoes and sell them at a fair price. Luther didn't tell the man to make Christian shoes. He didn't tell him to leave his shoe business and become a monk. As Christians, we can faithfully serve God in a variety of vocations and jobs, and we don't need to justify that work in terms of spiritual value or evangelistic usefulness. We simply pursue our calling with new God-glorifying motives, goals, and standards. Bring God into it. God, I'm going to work today. Going to the office. It's your kingdom I'm in. May you be glorified by the way I work. May you be glorified by the fact that I'm on time. <laughs> May you be glorified by the fact, you know, that I'm not taking pens and pencils and staples home, okay, or whatever, I don't know. But He can be glorified in all of that. And you know what? He has an ability to take your faithfulness and bring in opportunities. He does. It's like he can weave this stuff together. So, well, as only he can. Okay, the next point is up there. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know, the next part of the verse says, because you know. It doesn't say, because you think, because you hope, because you're counting on it. It says, because you know something. You know something. And this is what we know. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God says, know that. Know it. Don't doubt it. Vain means fruitless. Without effect. Your labor in the Lord is not fruitless. Almost said fruit loops. That would have been a whole different meaning. It's not fruitless. It is not without effect. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you see. I was thinking about this. The different people that God used <clears throat> in, in bringing me to himself, very seldom did I ever acknowledge what God did in me through them. They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. There was this one guy, I wasn't a Christian, I was probably about 18, and... Uh, I grew up in Nebraska. It's a lot of small towns where I grew up. And uh, when I worked with my dad, I'd see this young guy. He was a little older than me. And it's like he always had this, like a smile on his face. And uh, just like peace. You just felt like peace was on this guy. He was different. And he was a young man, you know, maybe a couple years older, two, three years older than me. And... Uh, and I started working for another a contractor later on, and I'd bump into this guy, and we never really got into conversations. We just saw one another. But it's like, there was something about him. After I did become a Christian, I found out he was a Christian. And it was just like the Spirit of Christ was on him. And he has no clue to this day that God was using him to get my attention. Because I never told him. I don't even know where he is anymore. Never told him. 
But you know who's going to tell him one day? Jesus is going to say, you know, you never knew it, but when you were just walking with me, and just the peace of God, and you were walking in my will, the peace of God, there was this kid that would just see you once in a while, and you always had this, this good attitude and this smile. I was using you. I was using you. He never knew it. I had some other people tell me things, you know, about God. When I wasn't a Christian, I didn't want to talk about the things of God. It was awkward. You know, not everybody wants to talk about that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, I mean, Jesus is a cuss word pretty much. I'm not used to saying his name with reverence. So people would tell me things. I would listen. But I wouldn't respond. I wouldn't ask questions. I wouldn't say, oh, that's really good. I just kind of listened and then I just went on. And in their mind, they're thinking, well, that was fruitless. But it wasn't. Those things they said, it's like, they're there, kind of working on me. I mean, God did that at various times with various people. Listen, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. If you're looking for instant results, if you're looking for instant response to show that it's not in vain, you're not always going to get that. You just have to trust. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Your prayers. I've been praying, and I've been praying, and I've been praying. Good. Now, along with that, be thanking. Be praying and thanking. It's not in vain. All right, we're about done here. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention one other thing, too. When I did become a Christian, I started going to this Bible study. Uh, My boss invited to me a Bible study. It was a charismatic Bible study. Wow. We're talking serious charismatic Bible study here. We're talking tongues, prophecies, people going down under the power of God. Talk, freak a young guy out. You'll be around some of that for a little while. But there were these, these ladies. They just kind of adopted me and my brother. My older brother also became a Christian about a week after me. And, you know, they are just pouring their love on us and just making us feel like we were the best thing that ever happened ever, you know. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know that I really responded. You know, I'm just kind of shy. I don't. I never said to them, you know, you are making such an impression on my life. I just want you to know that, man, it is amazing how your encouragement is helping me. I probably said nothing. I just soaked it up, but never said anything. And thankfully, they didn't say, you know what, he's never shown any appreciation. Let's just bag this guy and look for someone else that will show a little appreciation. You know, they never did that. I didn't have really enough common sense to show appreciation, I guess. I don't know. But I'm telling you, those ladies, just their love, their concern, they were always happy to see me. And I probably said dumb things at times, but they never said anything. And I never really gave them much feedback. But you know, their labor in the Lord was not in vain at all. It was helping me so much. I just... I don't know. I wasn't raised to show a lot of appreciation for things. I guess I don't know what the deal was. Your labor's not in vain. What 
What you do is going to matter. The work of the Lord. My dear brothers, we're together on this. This has been a challenging week in the daycare. And, you know, we don't share things with people, but it's been a challenging week in the daycare. And um, I was with Sherry in her office. It was uh, Friday night. Of course, it's just been a very, very busy week with everything that's, that's going on. And uh, so I'm in there, and we're just kind of, you know, looking at some things we'd face through the week. And Sherry just started to encourage me. She could see that it was kind of like, oh, goodness. I mean, this, what's, there's one more thing after another, it seems like. And she started to just encourage me. And you know what? We need that. We need that. I mean, the, my dear brothers, we're in this together, brothers and sisters. And I've encouraged her at times too, but it's, you know, it's, let's, do, let's not be strangers. Let's encourage one another. Let's help one another. To do what? Stand firm. Now, some of you, you're needing to stand right now. Because the enemy's trying to take some stuff. He's just trying to take some stuff. You need to stand firm. Well, Pastor, I don't know how it's going to work out. Me neither. Don't have a clue. But God knows exactly how it's going to turn out if we will just stand. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Isn't that something? God didn't say, stand firm and don't be too concerned about the work of the Lord till you finally get through this. He didn't say that. Stand firm. Don't let anything move you. And in all of this, you're still working fully for the Lord. Okay? I mean, it's still going on. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, for you know this. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. Let's stand together. Man, that was prophetic. Let's stand together. I like that. That was a pun, and I didn't even realize it. I could close with that.